All right, it's uh, Friday, which means that we've had seven days to digest a lot of the news stories and I, and some of the things that have come up, and we've all discussed them. But let's talk to our panel this morning on the roundtable about the uh, stories of the week. Joining us in studio this morning, morning Tom McConnell. Good morning. Good morning, Tammy Generette. Morning. And uh, Dean Allison uh, from Niagara West, our uh, MP for Niagara West, is with us this morning as our guest panelist. Good morning, Dean. Good morning. All right, we uh, drew straws. We did not, actually. I'm just going to choose. Uh, Tammy, you're first this morning. Story of the week. All right. My story of the week has to be, I guess, Brock University. Okay. Here we go again. They've just let their new provost go. Yep. Who actually kind of oversees, if anybody wondered. Well, I had to Google it. I let him to go know or he... just not continuing well, with I don't the, know. the process? Are we going to get into semantics? Yeah, I know, exactly. You're on the job three weeks, and all of a sudden you don't have a job anymore. Were you fired? Did you quit? Or were you just laid off? Is that a nice word? Is that a nicer word? Yeah. Restructured. Restructured. They're right-sizing the position. <laughs> right-sizing. I like that. So they right-sized <laughs> their provost. You don't hear that a lot. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you, know? you don't. Yeah, just People don't. Are, I had to Google what a provost was. All right, so what is a provost? Um, they're basically the ones that oversee... Uh, all the academic programs so they the deans uh the faculty uh, they do the hands-on everyday university academic also kind of coordinate the research and i think the funding for the research so fair to say they're like the second in in command second in command right but ahead of the academics yes okay okay Okay. yeah i think that's fair to say so this is and um we're talking about Mr. Singer here, or Dr. Yes, Singer. Yes, Dr. Singer. Um, who was an appointment of... Made by Wendy, Wendy Sukier, who, yes. of course, parted ways. Yes. <laughs> that was Not the Not as accurate, yes. Parted ways, her and the, uh, the university at, what, August 29th, the announcement came out? Yep. What is going on at Barack? <laughs> Inquiring minds need to know. Well, this is... Because th- this there's has been more a questions than there are answers. Yes. And that's been the discussion since the whole suitcase. And before that, uh, going back to the beginning of the summer with some of the other issues in and around Brock, a lot of people are asking what's going on and why can't we find out more? And the school is basically saying you've you found out all you're going to find out. I, I just think in terms of PR, it's just not being handled. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess because it's all personnel, that's the problem. Are we, or do we, or do companies and organizations hide behind the personnel issue, so that they don't have to exactly admit what's going on? Are we more touchy about this because we're in the media and we want more information and we can't get it? <laughs> yeah, Dean, I, I, let the me, average let person you, probably doesn't. All right, Dean, care. you're 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 tapped in. Tell yeah, us what happened yeah, at right, right, going. But I think anytime you have personnel issues, right? They're they're certainly precarious at best, and if there's performance or not performance or if there's personalities whatever i those are things that you know get you litigated pretty quick if you talk about those in public so yep. they're tough right they are mm-hmm. tough and i think that no company wants to talk about those things it's just that when you have a public organization like mm-hmm. rock or you have hospitals people want to inquiring minds want to know yeah sure they do and of course muddying the waters is that whole ryerson research the not downtown Technology Niagara Falls hub that was supposed to go in Niagara Falls, which Wendy Sukier was uh, instrumental her, her in negotiating. Name is on the uh, FedDev application. Yep. Don't we look at this in terms of no matter what story anyone wants to keep private, eventually we'll find out. For instance, <laughs> that's what we do. Hunter Tutu, which is you know an embarrassing story, and I can see why the Prime Minister 
took the actions he did. Federal cabinet minister who lost former his job. Former federal yeah, cabinet minister. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, now independent, outside yep. of caucus. <laughs> Once the details came out, you're like, but the details came out. There's not just two people involved. And in this case, now we have another person involved in the provost and the president and Brock. Eventually, the details will come out. It's just a matter of if it's a year from now or two years from now, which we'll we'll be like, oh well, all right, it's water under the bridge. We're moving on. We have a new president. We have a new provo. But eventually, the details come out. Yeah. Nothing stays secret for long in this world. Yeah. And then there will be the discussion: Is it provost or provo? Because we, I've heard it. I've heard it provost all along. Um, but nonetheless, that's a whole different... Uh, promo, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of the robot on Lost in Space. Like I'm saying, promo the robot. So yeah. wait, was it promo? No, that was... Uh, oh, that was Rocket Ship 7. That was Rocket Ship 7 and with I Dave say Thomas. Chip. I know that, but I've said chips since We are as kid. far off Rocket topic chip. now as we could possibly be. <laughs> Can you tell it was a slow news week? <laughs> Dean Allison, Story of the Week. I, you know, I have to go uh, with the, the moving expenses of $1.1 million. I, mm-hmm. I think that... Uh, I know they talked about the fact that it was well within the rules. I think that you know the challenge is is that when you have taxpayers' money, it's like if it's in the rules, is that still the right amount or right thing to do? Now I I get the fact that moving expenses. What's that? They were yeah. your rules. Yeah, exactly. But I I I don't think we ever you know approved anything more than thirty thousand. Okay. And what's reasonable, right? And I think that we're not suggesting no one should have moving expenses paid for. But when you get a couple individuals over six figures, then you start to ask, hey, what what exactly? And so to your point. Will you know what it, will the details come out as exactly what those line items were, and then will that make sense, oh, or will we be more getting, enraged? We're getting more information right. today. Apparently, uh, twenty five thousand dollars of that was for a land transfer tax. Why are we paying? I can understand physical moving. moving. Yeah. I can understand accommodations. I can understand meals. Everyone gets that. That's fine. And those numbers, mm-hmm. you know, to certain cabinets, uh, you know, aides mm. is like, oh, that seems reasonable. Why are we paying land transfer taxes? Real estate fees. Real estate fees. Uh, uh, apparently, and this would be interesting, the home sold by the principal secretary went for $100,000 over asking in Toronto. He's going to a cheaper real estate market in Ottawa. Why are we giving him money? Do, do we get a share of the profits of the house sale? No, we don't. And then the unexplained expenses is interesting as well, well because think, they're just unexplained. No, but I think that's the the, ch- the challenge. If we look at it and we say, what's normal for moving expenses? No issue with that. People need to be moved. It's when we look down further down the light items and say, uh, I'm not sure this makes sense. I'm not sure other Canadians really mm-hmm. would f- find this acceptable. It's funny because the story today was, of course, they're and the, the, the spin, the and they're going to yes. pay back some of the money. Um, and the the, uh, the two at the top of this list say they feel uncomfortable with some of the expenses, and they're going to pay them back. Didn't feel uncomfortable Didn't feel un- submitting it. No. <laughs> this really feels bad. Here's my bill. But when I heard the story this morning, I thought you were talking to Laura Babcock. Was that yesterday? Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday. And she said what the Liberal government has been so good at is for every misstep, they've come out and said, okay, yes, we made a mistake, and we will fix it. And and up until today, we hadn't heard that this mistake was going to be fixed. Because as all Trudeau had said was, well, we're, we're within the guidelines. Well, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do, right? Yeah. What, what, what's, yeah. accept, what's an but acceptable response? But Laura was response? right. She, yeah. she said they well, needed the to come out and apologize. The pattern had been established between Jane Philpott and Catherine McKinnon. And again, not large amounts, but, but Canadians don't like, and, and to Laura's point, you're not that important. Don't forget where you came from. You yep. shouldn't be charging for a photographer where you don't need it or a limber yeah. when you don't need it or moving expenses when you don't need it, especially one who's not elected. If we were to go back in time, would we find the same 
at the beginning of the of the Harper government, at the beginning of the of the Paul Martin government. Mind you, I mean they weren't switching parties at that point. Uh, there were. Do you think we would find the same thing going back? Dean? Well, I mean, if you look at you know, look at Bevoda, I mean, for sixteen dollar glass of orange juice, which was oh, excessive, right? Lost yes. her job. But it was so lost, good. But she lost her job. And the, the point is, is that one thing Falling I'll say. From Valencia. <laughs> one, one thing I'll say about Mister Harper was that he was he he was very very on top of these things this this kind of stuff drove him crazy mm-hmm. and people say well i didn't really like it but i tell you he was hardcore on trying to make sure that people did every time he had, we stood up the caucus said whatever you're doing make sure it's reasonable and people don't well i mean don't think that you're you're taking care taking advantage of and that's coming from the guy who was the head of the taxpayers federation i mean really i mean that's part and parcel of what they did is try and keep tabs on that kind of thing in Ottawa. And, and remember, you know, the 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 issue we dealt with with Duffy was about, you know, someone paying back money, saying, like, this is unreasonable, and then and I get it morphed into, like, you know, are you trying to curry favor? What are you trying to do? So I think there was certainly, you, you didn't want to have to explain to Mr. Harper that you were, you know, spending money that really wasn't justifiable. That was, that was, but yes, does that happen? I think it happens when people get into new roles and they're trying to figure out what they're doing. All of a sudden, they got access to stuff that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to say, well, if you didn't have access to it before, why would you think you should have it now? But- well, you know, and we were joking during the, the Senate scandals that you just never appoint anybody who is a former member of the media because we love free stuff. And I can't imagine the free stuff at the government level. I would just be like, <laughs> and so- I have died and gone to heaven, people. Oh, it was the media's fault. Is that what it, no, yeah. right. and, and so- oh, it is. It is. It's always History done. repeats itself. We have the prime minister's chief of staff writing a check to cover an embarrassing experience. In one case, it was 10 years. In the other case, it took 10 months. (laughs) We're back on the roundtable. Dean Allison, our guest panelist this morning. Tammy Jennerette, Tom McConnell are here. I'm Tim Dennis. So, Tom, it's over to you for your story of the past seven days. Uh, I was thinking of uh, when the Premier openly gets booed at a plowing match with polite Ontarians. Have have they hit rock bottom? That That's it. And now the suggestions coming from now mostly conservative pundits, but saying maybe she should pull a McGinty and resign for the good of her party. But polls actually back that up. Polls actually say, you know what? I'd consider the Liberals. If Kathleen Wynne left, it's like wow, that's a yeah. one-woman show. Over but who there. who would take over? Is this are uh, we? Is this Kathleen Wynne's fault or is this a Liberal Party fault? It's Kathleen Wynne's fault that she has positioned there you herself. Go. Tom's but, done it. But, but no, no, no. But she, her party image's fault is her fault that she is uh, a one-woman show. That she has had her hand in and made sure she's involved in a lot of files. She's been very high profile. To her credit, you know, she's been very high profile. But when things don't go your way, when things aren't going your way, you also deserve the blame. That uh, when, when we look at Ontarians, it was so poorly received, the HST rebate on electricity. It was like, and so there's an electricity rate hike coming in the middle of October, and then the green tax will kick in for gasoline in January. That that at the end of the day, you're going to be paying more for energy than you did before the HST cut. Now it would have been worse, of yep. course. Yep. But Ontarians are like, that's it. That it. That is it. That that right now they are. They had a reboot with a throne speech that didn't work. Getting booed by the people in Ontario when it's not like you know she's made anything. Ter- she. They just haven't done anything right lately. 
The irony of this, of course, is that one of the reasons that she got in in the first place is because people felt sorry for her having to deal with the aftermath of the McGinty days. It they was gave like, her a pass. Though. We like you. We're going to put you out. Yeah, yeah. It was like, all right, let's give her a chance. Yeah. Right? Let's give her a chance. Let's give her 12 months. The polls kind of dipped, and then the election happened, and the conservatives shot themselves in the foot. You know, and then they were like, all right, we'll elect Kathleen Wynne. Having said conservatives shooting themselves in the foot, Dean Allison, um, (laughs) would you like to respond to that? Hold on a second. And it was a guy from your right. (laughs) I, uh, you know, it's about pocketbook issues. And, uh, you know, we could talk about a bunch of the other things and uh, gas plants, this and that. But it's, you know, when people are hit in their pocketbooks, so we've got some of the highest energy costs in North America, that's an issue. And it's both the economy. And so I think the reality is, is that as long as we are struggling, as long as people don't feel they're better off, uh, that I would hope that the Conservatives don't say anything else other than that's the issue and that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about the economy, we want to talk about jobs, and not get into some of these other things that, you know, they tend to venture into from time to time during but, elections. But they so. had a great, and the Liberals have not just fumbled on pocketbook issues. Think about how badly they handled the autism issue, where well, they 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 made all these cuts, didn't think it out, and then parents were like, are yep. you kidding me? And the yep. Conservatives and the NDP... You know, really did an effective job together, and it really, I mean, they were terrible on that file. Well, the seniors uh, with prescriptions. There you go. Uh, That was the other thing, and then they had to backpedal. They were going to, uh, the copay or whatever that the seniors pay at the once a year was going up, and then they had to reduce it. Because what did they put... It was 20... If you made $20,000 or more. Well, $20,000 in Ontario, I would not say you're a wealthy... Ontarian, if you make $20,000. And I think that was, you know, just showed how out of touch this government has become with the average people in this province. Well, once again, you have money for your projects, but not for everyday folks on the ground. That That's, you know, that's part of that arrogance of any government that's been there for a while, not really being tone deaf in terms of listening to what those issues are on the ground. Well, and today they're fanning out, they're making a child care announcement at 9.30 this morning. Which I think I'm assuming is the childcare that was announced in the throne speech, the additional mm-hmm. uh, childcare spaces. Yep. Uh, but I think that people. That doesn't do a whole lot for rural. I think, and, and I think yeah. people, even those who need certain things, you may need childcare, whatever. You're looking at the government now, thinking, where is all of this money coming from? I think even the average Ontarian can do the math now. Three hundred billion dollar debt, and you just keep spending. Tom, you brought up the. The call, um, as you pointed out, uh, predominantly uh, conservative pundit is saying pundit saying that uh, maybe she should resign. How likely is it that there is going to be any change? How many? How likely is that? I, I don't think so. Unless her numbers get so low, unless you know she looks a year from now, it's more likely that a year from now, boy, we only have a year, and I'm at this level of popularity. But it doesn't give the new person much time. I think she sticks it out. I think she, I think she toughs it out. That that she has the lowest popularity of any of the three leaders. Her party. The amazing thing is the NDP is not doing better. The amazing thing is that well, the, the where NDP, is Andrea? She has a very where high. Is Andrea? She's going to be here she? next week. She's going to be on well, the round we'll table. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Take advantage of it. <laughs> oh, I know. I would be every day. I would be doing media conferences saying, "Do you see what they've done? Did you see what she just said?" I would. Uh, would yep. you not capitalize on her on Wynn's mistakes? Three minutes before 9 o'clock. I want to finish with this on a Friday. Rolling Stone magazine came out with their list this week of the top television shows of all time. First list I've seen where it actually incorporated the old and the new, because so many of these lists, you know, they go back, oh, I love Lucy and All in the Family, number one, uh, number two, <laughs> that's it, all there is to it, nothing since then. Um 
let me ask around the table. Top television show of all time, according to you. Most influential, best television show of all time. Dean? You're putting me on the spot. I'm putting you on the spot. Can I come back? I'm going to have to think. At least he didn't say I don't watch television. (laughs) (laughs) Tammy? Sopranos. Okay. Seinfeld. Sopranos was number one on the Rolling Stone list. Uh, followed by uh, number two was The Wire, which uh, a lot of people haven't seen. But haven't it, seen it's uh, Breaking Bad was three, Mad Men at four, The Simpsons uh, on the list, Twilight Zone, the original one, Saturday Night Live, number mm-hmm. eight, number nine was All in the Family, uh, and number ten The Daily Show with John Stewart, and then there were a bunch of other, Game of Thrones made it at twelve. Uh, and there were Star a bunch Trek of, was at 18. Star Trek was at 18. Yeah. MASH was 16. Cheers was 20. But at least it's in, incorporating some of the newer television shows into the list. Um, why, why? Why? Do you agree with... Uh, you, obviously, one of you agrees with Sopranos because you said so. But. That was me. I read the list yesterday. So okay. I, <laughs> I didn't read the list. I had no idea. So that's just coincidental. But uh, I don't know. For some reason, I, I think because I come from an Italian-Canadian family, Sopranos spoke to me in so many ways, mm-hmm. particularly the tracksuits. <laughs> yeah, Sopranos was fantastic I know. And when it, it was came bang out. on into uh, I- I- Italian, you know, uh, North American life. I, I, they were Italian-American, obviously. But I thought just some of the things, it was just, I, I would sit there and think, I can remember my grandparents saying stuff like that, you know. Okay. Interesting. It was well done. Well, there you have it. And uh, we, we thank everybody for this week's uh, programs and this week's uh, thoughts on the wait, stories of the wait, week. Wait, What was yours, Dean yeah. Allison? <laughs> I was giving him an extra 30 seconds. You know, I saw him still thinking. I wasn't it. allowed to lo- watch a lot of TV as a kid. It was like the Waltons and Little House on the Prairie. But I wouldn't say those two would be on the top, uh, top They're 100. They're not so. in the top 100. So. I don't know. When, when Mary lost her sight, I was devastated. <laughs> is this is this to say, Mr. Allison, that you are deferring the answer to this? Uh, just... I, like, I like Homeland. I, you know, there's a, oh, there's I a love Homeland. Show. Oh. I, I would have right, put it's that up there. Yeah, yeah. 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 absolutely. There you go. Uh, thank you, Dean. Good to see you this week.